We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Derek Larger, Cody Felger joining me as always. And today he is going to listen to my mock draft 2.0. I put this out, my mock draft 1.0, about uh, a little over a week ago. So I figured I would do it another time, kind of adjust some things. You guys talked about how uh, you didn't really want to see any of the trades go down in this one. So this one's just going to be straight across the board, picking at the spots that the Colts are at. Cody, do you have any final words before I take you down this excellent journey? I already hate it. I already hate your mock draft. Um, <laughs> I hadn't even seen it, but it's trash. Um, why are you doing a podcast? Um, I'm smarter than you. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh i'm gonna get a shirt that says bargain ben ballard because i saw somebody have that <laughs> and i'm just gonna tick off everybody oh so my gosh. that's all i gotta say no no for real though i am uh i'm excited man uh i'm always excited around this time of year you know we have so much fun around the draft like mm -hmm. there's so it's like a it's like a holiday man it really is, it is. Like, it's fun to watch the new guys come in and, and the fact is, and the truth is we actually get to see new players come to Indianapolis. We don't have to worry about it. Like we've only seen three new guys to Indianapolis so far this year, this off season. So we get a little bit more than that in the draft. So that's exciting. Yeah. I kind of wish I was a, uh, a dolphins podcaster or a uh, Jacksonville podcaster at this point. Cause at least then I have something to talk about. When it right. comes to the moves. <laughs> no, you don't want to be a Jacksonville podcast. Okay, yeah. We're well, talking about throwing a new head coach at, every uh, year. I guess from a content standpoint, <laughs> a content standpoint, you're always talking about new head coach. You're always going to get a lot of views on that. You're talking about new players about every year because they always go in on free agency every couple of years. So, I mean, yeah, from a content standpoint, absolutely. UCF <laughs> Jaguar, a, uh, tag us and let us know if that's true. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into here. Uh, with the 42nd pick, I have the Colts selecting George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Uh, the reason I had George Pickens here is because I do not believe that Christian Watson is going to be available at 42. Uh, I think you and I talked about it in a video before we, we did this one that, you know, this, I think Christian Watson, just with the 
potential and just the athletic ability that he has shown throughout this whole process, uh, this whole draft process, I think is going to catapult Watson up ahead of everyone. And Dotson, I think, is going to get picked prior to the first 40 picks as well. There's going to be a lot of receivers taken in the first 50 picks of this draft. Uh, And I think that might drop Pickens just a little bit because of Pickens' only one true year of experience with playing in college football. But again, when you look at George Pickens, who is 6'3", you know, 200 pounds, a guy that is massive in his build, you know, you have the worries with the injury, but you don't think that it's going to be something that's going to impact him much going forward. I think that he is a tough guy. I think he's strong. I think he's a guy that plays the mold the way that Ballard really likes it. And I think that that is the receiver that the Colts will take a chance on at 42 because I think he's going to be the best player available at that spot at that time. So you're going receiver here in 42. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you really believe that 42 pick is probably going to be one, uh, which makes sense. I mean, um, I guess I could make the argument that there's still a few other guys that are that could be available, you know, down the stretch in that third round. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's a good option here, I think, in that second round. I mean, you just got to get – you got to get somebody alongside Michael Pittman, you know, Um, I think, and I was hoping you weren't going to say Dotson was going because I would have preferred him probably overpicking (laughs) in my opinion. Uh, But, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, you can't argue with the size. I mean, he, he's a perfect, uh, you know, him and Pittman. I mean, you give Matt Ryan two, six, three, six, four weapons, man, he does not, not going to have to, uh, you know, he's going to be able to throw it up a lot, you know? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I like that from that standpoint, just giving Matt Ryan more weapons. I, I Like you talked about with the injury, that is a little bit of a concern for me because, you know, he had the torn ACL. I mean, you know, is that an issue going forward? I don't think it will be, but I'm always wary of guys, especially because, you know, Paris Campbell's two, a couple major injuries he's had is like, do you want another guy who's had some, some, I know Paris Campbell out of college didn't have any, you know, injury questions, but, you know, Pickens does. So, do you want to potentially take that risk at all? I mean, you you always have a risk, right? Right. With any guy. Like, I mean, it took Paris Campbell, who was squeaky clean, and it right. happened. So, you know, it, it, there's always that risk. True, true. But as a player, yeah. I mean, I like Pickens quite a bit. All right. Well, uh, with number 73 in the third round, I have the Colts selecting Abraham Lucas tackle from Washington State. Now, I actually had him at... My, as my second round pick in my first mock draft. Now, from after looking at it a little bit further, I think he's actually going to drop a little bit from just the simple fact that he was more of a right tackle in college. So, all things considered, I think the biggest question mark when it comes to Abraham Lucas is will he be able to adjust from a right tackle to a left tackle perspective? But I think the great thing with this is with this concern is is that. You have a guy like Matt Pryor who is, you know, almost in the same boat. You know, they'd be learning alongside each other at the same time and getting used to it. But, you know, Matt Pryor being your primary left tackle to start could be a good thing for Abraham Lucas if he wasn't going to start right away. 
But Abraham Lucas, who's almost 6'7", 320 pounds, this guy is big, but he's also athletic. The guy ran under five seconds at the combine, ran a 4'9 in the 40 time, had had over a 10-foot broad jump. This guy has explosive power. He's widely regarded for his athletic ability to be able to get up to the second level of the defense and make blocks. He's a great run blocker. He actually shows a lot more tenacity in run blocking than he does in pass blocking. Uh, Pass blocking, he's got good technique. Not overall uh, very strong, but again, has good technique. But, you know, is a guy that definitely could be uh, could get better with that. He's much better in a power blocking scheme, which is exactly what the Colts do with Jonathan Taylor. That's their motto is power blocking. So, you know, I think that Abraham Lucas, even if he didn't start for you right away, could be a guy that if you molded and he went to that left tackle spot, he could actually fit really well in this scheme and the way that they like to uh, form their offensive linemen. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I like just taking a guy that doesn't have to start right away, right? I like that idea of getting a guy that physically he's got everything you're looking for in, a, in a, your, your future left tackle um, and not throwing him right into the fire, you know? And, you know, you mentioned Matt Pryor. I mean, they're going to be kind of learning together, right? How to, how to play left tackle. So, yeah, I mean, I think I like that. He's going to be get the chance to compete for that left tackle spot. I do think Matt Pryor will probably end up taking it. Um, and that's probably a good thing, you know, um, but just to have another offensive lineman, right? Cause we all know how important depth is in this league. And especially with, it seems like at tackle, it's a so much harder to find depth than it is mm-hmm. at guard in the interior. Right. Yes. I, mean, I mean, how many times have the Colts found guys for literally nothing? Like they found Mark Glowinski for nothing, right? They claimed off of waivers. They found a Chris Reed for in, insanely cheap last year, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sad that they didn't bring back one of those players. But that's a, a you know different story, different different topic for a different time. But yeah, I think overall you gotta you gotta make that move to try to get your tackle soon, right? Because I mean, think I think odds are, Derek, next year you're gonna probably make the move up for a quarterback, right? And you might that might involve if you if that conditional third goes to a second, trading both those picks to get up there. Mm-hmm. So. You may not have really any luxury in getting a guy in the second round next year um, for tackle. So with how good this tackle class is, I like getting him here in that third round. You know, kind of similar to wide receiver. It's a good class and it's a deep class. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this guy may, you know, in any other draft, he might go in the second round. He might go sneak into the late first. But getting him here in the third round and physically getting exactly what you're looking for, I really like that move. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now for the fourth round pick that we have, uh, I think is at 123. Uh, I have the Colts selecting Jelani Woods tight end out of Virginia. Now there are question marks to whether or not Jelani Woods will even make it to this point. Cause I honestly think that if the tight end group starts going any faster, he might actually get picked prior to this because, uh, Jelani Woods, six, seven, 260 pounds is a good size, almost same, uh, size as, you know, a Moali Cox, you know, has 34 inch arms. Ironically enough has nine and one quarter inch hands. So it's really small compared to the rest of his body frame, which is crazy, but ran a four, six, one at the combine four, six, one at 260 pounds. And at six, seven, I mean, he's a, he's, he's not only big, but he's fast. And you know what he has been uh, shown is, you know, he's a great run blocker. You know, he's a guy that definitely is not afraid to be physical when he needs to be. And that's something that the Colts really pride themselves on and having in their tight end is a guy that can not only catch, but a guy that can run block as well. Ironically enough, Cody, Jelani Woods started out as a quarterback coming into college, was a quarterback, but then grew a lot of that weight and then was able to, you know, transition into becoming more of a tight end hybrid didn't play a whole lot in his first few years. He was rated as a top 25 quarterback prospect coming out of high school and, you know, went on to Oklahoma State, but then he redshirted. Uh, he didn't get enough playing time. And then he went on to Virginia. And then his one year of Virginia, uh, he got a first team all ACC honors, got 40, uh, 44 receptions for 600 yards and eight touchdowns in 11 games. So, you know, in his one year of playing with Virginia and getting into that role, I mean, he he pretty much took over. You know, he went from this guy that we didn't know much about to now all of a sudden he is now one of the highest recruited tight ends in the group just because of his size and his production. So I think, you know, I don't know what the Colts are going to do with the tight end group now. Obviously, all the great tight ends that we wanted in free agency are gone. You couldn't get any because you didn't have a quarterback at that time. But Jelani Woods, if you're going to look to get a guy at uh, tight end in the draft, and if you're going fourth round, I think Jelani Woods the guy to do it. Man, I didn't realize he was a former quarterback. Yeah. I always love that, you know, from a skill, you know, going from a quarterback to skill positions because that means they can read a defense a little bit better than maybe the traditional tight end or wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they know. I think I just feel like that gives them such an advantage um versus other guys so yeah i mean he's physically everything you're looking for and uh yeah i I like this pick i like this pick just getting another tight end um, i'm assuming with his size he's probably pretty good at run blocking as well uh so yeah just getting another physical guy in there uh that that alone right there i mean you already kind of got your receiving tight end in kylan granson 
Um, I don't know again how much how well he does in terms of receiving. I would assume that's probably something he needs to improve on. That's probably you know without just looking, without the you know without having kind of his stuff in front of me. Um, that just kind of seems like you know that's kind of what Mo had to work on when he came in uh, was just developing more as a receiver. Is that kind of where he's at? Yeah, I mean that's basically it. You hit it on the head. Okay, that's what I assume, but you know, I didn't. I hadn't really looked at this guy a whole lot, but yeah. And now you've addressed, you know, three of the biggest positions you had to address um, this so far, uh, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. and you gave you gave Matt Ryan ultimately. You gave Matt Ryan more weapons, right? Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yep. All right. With the next pick, I have the Colts selecting Monteric Brown, cornerback out of Arkansas. So this one was interesting because uh, Monteric Brown, you know, his pedigree that he came out uh, of high school with was definitely insane. I mean, this dude's six foot, 190 pounds, so he's not a small corner. Uh, he's a former four-star recruit out of uh, Arkansas, was actually the number one player in the state of Arkansas when he was coming out of uh, high school and went to the Razorbacks. And he's a guy that, you know, has helped, you know, go to a, a – a lot of big games for Arkansas and has helped them win a lot of big games has over 30 starts, uh, in his career. So this is a guy that, you know, has a lot of that experience. He was basically a red shirt senior too. So he's been in there for a while. He's going to be a year older than some of these other guys too. So, but nevertheless had five interceptions in 2021. So, you know, a guy that definitely can get some turnovers. Um, he's, more of a boundary corner. Uh, that's kind of his role. Uh, scheme fit. You you would like to see him mainly in a zone scheme, but he can play a man to man if you choose to make him do that because you know he's he's very comfortable with it. Um, overall, I wouldn't necessarily say there's anything that he does great. I don't think that there's anything that this guy excels over anyone else in the competition. But I think what he does is he does everything good. That's what it is. There's not a lot of flaws in his game. You know, he's a good tackler. He's good at recognizing defenses. He's good at getting off blocks. He's good at, he's uh, got great effort. You know, he chases ball carriers down. He's just comfortable where he is. So you feel comfortable saying that for a guy in the fourth round, you know, you have somebody like this that can play in multiple schemes you know, is not uh, not the biggest corner in the world, but he's not undersized by any stretch. You know, just a guy that you feel you can work on one or two areas of his game to then translate to become great at the NFL level. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now you've addressed, really, in my opinion, all your positions of need. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like it for that. Uh, how big was he again? Six just foot, 190 pounds. All right, so he's about that that mold, you know. Yeah, normally um, Heller likes to have his guys over six foot, and you know some of the guys that are around that two hundred pound range, you know, some of the bigger corners. But you know, he's he fits that mold pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next pick, and we're sticking with the secondary again, uh, and it's going to be Tariq Carpenter, a safety out of Georgia Tech. Now, Tariq Carpenter is six foot two, 188 pounds. So, I, I mean, amazingly enough, he's big enough that, you know, you could fit him into a hybrid role uh, to play a little bit of that outside linebacker kind of role because, you know, again, the weight's not one of those things, but he's 
six foot two. I mean, he's got really good size on him. And, you know, he he tackles really, really well. He's a sound tackler, which is great because that's exactly what the Colts want out of their safeties. They want a guy who is able to make tackles and is really aggressive in doing that. Um, he is not a guy that you really want playing deep. Uh, he's more of a guy that you want up front. You want somebody that it plays a lot like a Kahari Willis does, where he is able to come up and make plays, not go back and make plays. He's not a ball hawking safety. He's more of a guy that you want to be able to say, everything in front of you, that's what we need you to cover. And again, for depth purposes, obviously that's something you can work on for uh going deeper into man coverage and uh, deep uh, zone coverages. But again, I like the fact that they go out of their way to mention how, you know, he is that safety linebacker hybrid role. It's a guy that can play special teams for you. He fits in any scheme that you want him to, and he's a great tackler. I think that's something that they could use. And they tried to do that last year with that Sean Davis pick. If you remember that, yes, that didn't end up panning out. But uh, yeah, it's it's obvious that they want somebody like that. You know, that third safety to be kind of that you know downhill type of guy that can come up and can play a little bit of hybrid for you and things like that. And they haven't really had that. You know, uh, Andrew Sandejo, I guess, kind of played that last year for you a little bit. But I mean, he's not coming back. He's you know mid thirties at this point, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that they're just trying to get some safety depth because right now they don't have any depth at all. Uh, yeah, just getting another guy in there that's an enforcer, um, you know, can, can really come downhill and can can help stop the run. I mean, the Colts, they, they significantly got worse last year at stopping the run. I mean, we all noticed it. Um, I don't know what it was, but it just they weren't the same as they typically have been right in the past. So um, I'm thinking they're wanting to, to definitely improve that this year over last year. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So with the next pick, I have the Colts selecting Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver out of Baylor. Uh, now, a lot of people know Tyquan Thornton from the combine. He ran the second fastest 40 time in the combine this year, and it actually ranks him as the fifth fastest 40 time in the history of the NFL combine. Now, a lot of people are probably wondering, why is it that he's so low when you, this guy obviously um this guy obviously is insanely fast well i mean again he's a he's a senior he was he's six two and a half 
you know, 180 pounds. So this guy's kind of a string bean, believe it or not. Um, it seems like more of a track star than what he would be a football player. Um, you know, the length and wingspan's nothing crazy. The hands barely over eight inches. I mean, this guy has very, very small hands. Um, I think just what sets him so far down is, um, it's just the fact that the limitations of his physicality is what's going to affect him. Had a few small injury concerns coming out of Baylor. It's like the problem was, was that when he was assigned to be a vertical guy, I mean, this guy, nobody could guard him. I mean, he, he's, he's going to outrun any corner that you put on him. It, it's just not going to happen. But the ultimate problem is that's all he is at the moment is a, he's basically a vertical guy. That's all you get from him at the moment because he's not a great uh, route runner. He's not physical enough to get uh, after some of these corners, you know. So if you can get him just on a straightaway and where uh, corners are playing off coverage, that's where you want to get him at. But that's all he's really limited to at this moment. Now you feel that again with that ability to make people go be that vertical threat you would think with some years of practice maybe you can get this guy to get a few uh get a few routes in his repertoire and get him maybe bulked up a little bit more upper uh body wise to help him fight off some of those corners you certainly would hope so just right now he's just the ultimate vertical threat I think that's, you know, that screams Ballard from the standpoint that he just likes to get guys that have elite traits, right? And this guy has elite speed. And, you know, he's, a, he's you know, what round is this? Fifth, sixth round? It's, it's a later round pick. So, I mean, how many years in a row has Ballard got a guy in this late, these later rounds? But, you know, physically, he's, he, you know, he's got something there, you know, and, if you can just hone in all the other things, I mean, you can't teach speed. Let's just be honest. You just can't teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can teach the other things. You can get him bulked up. You know, you can teach him to run routes. You can teach him to do these things. But the Colts really don't have a burner right now, right? They don't have a guy that you just say, just run straight and outrun everybody. They don't. They don't have a guy like that. So um, I like that. From from To get a guy like that, uh, that just... Sometimes you just need to air it out like that. You know, keep a defense honest. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like him for that, you know, and it's, you know, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But at least you've got a guy that can do that. Exactly. Uh, last pick of this mock draft, and that is Ben Brown. Uh, is an interior offensive lineman out of Ole Miss. Uh, six foot five, 312 pounds, 34 and a half inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. You know, he's basically just supposed to be assigned as a backup or a special teamer. He's not somebody that's, you know, going to uh, pop off the screen right away because he just doesn't have a lot of that power and pop that you would need to start out right away. But this is a guy that is flexible, um, has played in... I think they said that he's played in pretty much every position on the Ole Miss offensive line at one point in his career. You know, four year, he, this dude's a four-year starter. So this guy has played, you know, everywhere on their line. Uh, he's more of an interior guy, obviously, because of his size. But uh, again, just having a guy, we just got a guy two years ago. Everybody remembers Danny Pinter, slightly undersized, but a guy that's position flexible. He's athletic. You know, you can get a guy like that. You think that maybe with some molding, you would be able to help uh, 
mold a guy into a role like that. So, and we know the Colts are looking for interior offensive line depth at this point. So see if this guy uh, could potentially fit the roster at any point. Yeah. You need all the depth you can get right now. All right. Uh, what do you think of mock draft 2.0 Cody? I like it a little bit better than your mock draft 1.0. If I'm right. being honest. Well, good. That's uh, how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm glad you're not yeah. uh, picking up the torch and just uh, <laughs> ready to burn my mock draft alive. Uh, I'll save that for the comments. Okay. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you addressed every position that you really need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe the only position that would be left would be, um, you know, maybe free safety, uh, potentially, you yeah. know, back up to Julian Blackman. Yeah. Um, but again, there's probably still some positions that you're going to address, you know, down the road in free agency, maybe before the draft, you know, there's been some guys that have been linked to. Right. Yeah. Or even after. So, um, I, I like specifically, I like the first three picks from a position standpoint. I think those, uh, are exactly what you need right now. Um, you, you just need to get, Matt Ryan weapons and you need to protect him, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what you got to do. Uh, and I liked that, that you basically just didn't touch the defense till round four, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's how it should be round four, round five. You didn't touch the, de- touch the defense because I mean, outside of a corner and, you know, safety depth, there really isn't a whole lot that you really need to add right now. Yeah, and I mean, we've kind of seen, you know, Ballard and some of his mid to late picks, you know, start to hit on some of those defensive guys late. I mean, we saw Isaiah Rogers. We've seen uh, some of these other guys, you know, Julian Blackman and a few others. You know, they, you know, I I trust Ballard a little more with his. I trust Ballard more to get defensive guys in the late rounds than I do in the early rounds. I mean, I think every Colts fan feels that way at this point. So... (laughs) Well, I, I'm just glad we're not taking a pass rusher for the hundredth straight year. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think so this is, I think we're good for a couple years uh, on the pass rush department. Hopefully, hopefully the hope next so. five to ten. Next yeah. to five to ten would be nice. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> I mean, ideally, you've got your two studs for the next you know number of years. You think you're going to probably extend Yannick and obviously Quiddy if he takes the next step, which we all think he will. And heck, Dio Dangbo goes and takes the next step. Yeah, exactly. Step. <laughs> so, there you go. And then you got all your defensive tackle depth that you have right now. You don't need to worry about that. I mean, nope. it, it comes down to it. We all know Ballard should be drafting offensive weapons in the second round. He does a really good job at that. Should refrain from ever picking a defensive player before the third round. <laughs> <laughs> well, it to seems be fair, to be the mold. It always works, does it not? To be fair... He's found he found uh, Darius Leonard. He found in the Darius round. Leonard in the second round. I get that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess I should be more specific. Should never take an edge rusher before the second round unless he's drafted in the first round. So <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That Please second just... round. Do not draft defensive players unless oh it's gosh. a linebacker can... because obviously he's got some he's got some uh, potential with that one. He can get he can draft linebackers, dude. He can draft linebackers. He can draft. I mean, a lot of people remember when people said he couldn't draft DBs and yeah, now look no, at what and, he's done. <laughs> yeah, that was his first year. He missed with uh, he missed yeah. with Quincy Wilson. And then obviously uh, everyone had their doubts about Rocky scene for a while until he started yep. being good. So. Yep. And even and even like, uh, you know, Isaiah Rogers, nobody expected him to just jump off the page like he has, you know, and Corey Willis, too. I mean, Corey Willis yeah. is a fourth rounder and him now. third rounder and. 
you know, and like, oh my goodness. It's like, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Honestly, yeah. like how many guys that are on our defense that are not first rounders, the, a lot it's of amazing. them are yeah. third, fourth, fifth rounders, even six rounders. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's crazy to think about. That's why like as a Colts fan, when I saw we got a couple more compensatory picks and like the fifth and sixth rounds and stuff, I was ecstatic. So I'm like, all right. Get it we can finally something. add some more secondary depth. See if uh, <laughs> see if Ballard hits on a few of these guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> why not? You know, why not? Uh, but cool, man. Yeah, I, I think it was a good mock draft 2.0. I'll have to come out with mine here pretty soon as well. Yep. And it's crazy, man. You know, a- we're recording this April 3rd. Uh, mock or the the NFL draft is not that far away. Not at all. Days, baby. That's crazy, man. I cannot believe. I know. I can't wait. It needs again. to be here so fast. The the end of the month needs to get here so quick. You know, I am actually like good with it, like taking its time because after this, what the heck are we going to talk about for three? Months? I know. We'll we'll find something. We'll find something. But we always yeah. do. Yeah, I get you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let me know what you think of my mock draft 2.0. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Thank you guys again so much. And as always, Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.